Hi there, you found Drop the Ball with Gina Kuhn, and I'm so excited to give you the opportunity to join a community of women that realize every day women everywhere are dropping the ball. Let's move past the feeling that we're letting people down and embrace ourselves as the rock stars that we are. Through stories from my personal journey and interviews with imperfectly strong women around the country, I invite you to embrace the idea that you choose the proverbial ball you get to drop. Together, we'll put down the past, let go of the future, and pick up the present. Through reflection and a shift in mindset and priorities, I'll help you redesign your chaos so you can redefine your life. Next time someone asks, how do you do it all? Your answer will be, I dropped the ball. Hi there. Thank you for tuning in. It's very pertinent that I'm starting this podcast with this particular episode at this particular time. I had that start date on my calendar for a while, and I'm sure all of you right now have your planners that are either filled to the brim, or if you're like me, you have maybe a month and a half filled out and then blank space. Well, I had this date, regardless of the rest of the blank space, penciled off, ready to go, and it came and it went. And it was punctuated, of course, by all of the things that were out of my control. And it's just so fitting to start this first episode remembering how much is out of our control. So in typical fashion, for the way that I live my life, I was met at a crossroads where I would either put myself down and focus simply on that fact that I failed to meet a deadline, or I would do exactly what I am here giving all of you permission to do, and I would drop the ball on this podcast. Ironically, the ball that I had to drop for the last couple of weeks was on starting this podcast. So here we are. It's episode one, and I am here today to share with you my story. I want you to understand who I am and where I come from and all of the complexities and confusing nature of what brought me to this place where I am today speaking to you. And I can give you some sort of motivation or hope or tenacity to say, okay, I have permission to do this and I know that I'm going to move forward. So again, I'm Gina Kuhn and I'm here with Drop the Ball. So first let's talk basics. I'm a wife, a mom of two, an only child. I'm living in the great state of Texas for the first time after living and being raised in New York, Long Island specifically. And two things that have always defined me are emotion and achievement. So I'm sure right there. That in and of itself, emotion and achievement, what a combo, right? That can kind of give you a little insight into why this is even what we're going to be speaking about, dropping the ball, being able to accept it, being able to balance everything because achievement is very difficult to go through when there's so much emotion attached. 
lack of achievement is even worse. So that's a little bit of insight to kind of understand what gets behind our motives for everything we do. And I think whether or not you have the type of personality that I do, may I throw this in there, whether or not this is something you follow. Astrologically, I am a Cancer. And I think that also will give you a little bit of insight. And I feel like we could do an entire episode just on astrological signs and traits and how it plays into everything. But that aside, I nurture, I caretake. I want results. I'm attached to things. I am sensitive, yet I need feedback. And I want to have an end result that makes everybody happy. Unfortunately, I didn't say that makes me happy. My tendency is trying to make everybody else happy. And that's why at 36 years old, I'm here talking to others about how to drop the ball. Be okay with it. Because sometimes dropping a ball is what's going to make me happiest. So I've learned this so many times in the last 36 years. I've had to drop the ball, but I don't think I've actually found a way to be accepting of it, to not put myself down or feel defeat in doing so. So I'm sure you can imagine, I grew up an only child with the full attention of my parents, the perfect platform for me to be a pleaser, and I was academically inclined early on, and I felt that. I felt that success. I felt that reward. It was never pushed onto me. It drove me intrinsically. I loved the feeling of understanding, explaining, knowing, demonstrating, And that fueled me all through school. I loved having a success. I loved taking the steps that led to a success. Now, mind you, I'm also a procrastinator, so it did not come without its own struggle, without its own juggling of deadlines and time management, which still transcend into my adulthood. Um, But thinking of that, developing who I was, my identity was so based on my accomplishments. And at a certain point in time, I'm sure the lines were blurred between who I was inside. All of those traits that made me successful as being inherent, something that I owned regardless of the end result and the actual end result, the successes, the certificates, the pieces of papers, the accolades, the announcements and awards, And finding the happiness in that and seeing the way that would make other people around me happy, that's what I got addicted to, so to say. And in my adulthood, it made it very difficult for me to say no, to put something down, to take something off my plate. And I think that's what led me in all of these experiences They've all just been directing me to this podcast in the end because we need to discuss this. We are in such a result-driven society. Our culture tells us that we need to produce. And the more we produce and the more we have and the more we can show is our happiness, is our success. 
is what defines us. And it's just not true. It's not true at all. It's really whatever is going to make you safe and happy and content in that season. That's what we should be striving for. And to be accepting of the fact that it's going to change. I did not understand that things could change, that my life would look different from season to season. I expected my pre-child home to still look like a pre-child home after having a baby. I expected my output at work to still look the same and be of the same level and exertion and effort after having children. So because I was so used to the end result, when all of these things slowly started to change, I had a really hard time accepting these new moments and these new reasons for happiness. Now, don't get me wrong. I have always been grateful, blessed, happy with each stage. I have never not felt immense joy and happiness and love for my children, of course. But there was always an internal struggle, a personal conflict of what I would have to let go of, walk away from, maybe go to an 80-20 relationship with rather than 100% on in order to fulfill these new roles I was stepping into. There was no such thing as balance. There was no such thing as flexibility. So it's taken a long time for me to realize that happiness comes through giving yourself permission to be who you are at the time, to accept that things might change. Your family's goals might change. Your family's needs might change. And that's something that's very relevant for me. And I mentioned that I'm living in Texas for the first time. And this really came out of a need for our family. And I knew that I had to be willing to be flexible and make changes in our lifestyle. And throwing it back to the astrology, cancers do not like change. We are sentimental and emotionally attached to things we know, to routines, and to our surroundings. So just the idea of leaving my home the home that my children were born in, were raised in, where our traditions were established as a family. The entire idea terrified me, and I would cry just thinking about it. But I knew that there was a need. We had a need for a different lifestyle, a different way of life. And, and that decision for us as a family to change everything in the way of a cross-country move signaled the beginning of a major shift in me. And that was really a six-year process, believe it or not. We first had the idea to move to Texas in 2016. The defining emotions to where I finally realized that dropping the ball was going to be something I had to fully understand. The psychology behind the concrete ways and steps to go about doing so in a manner that would best serve myself and our family, that all became obvious when I realized that 
no matter what I did or how much I did. I never felt like it was enough. I felt like I was on autopilot. Days would start and they would end and my head would be spinning until I hit the pillow. And I would feel as if I didn't really live that day. I just survived the day. There were times where I felt as though I had to knowingly stop what I was doing just to catch my breath. Now, fast forward to a little stint in the emergency room where I thought I was having a cardiac event and it turns out that the doctor on at the time mentioned, did you ever consider that this might be anxiety? And it was a revelation. But that aside, that was how my life felt on a daily basis. Head spinning, short of breath, like the world was just moving on without me as I stayed behind holding on to every little glimpse of what I thought I can control, what I thought I should be doing better and putting more time into and splitting myself more evenly in order to accomplish all of the things that were on this impossible to-do list in my head. The house needed to be spotless. It wasn't, by the way. There were few times my house was ever spotless. And when it was, it was fleeting. And it never seemed to really make too much of a difference to everything else that was going on. If the house was clean, it's because I just sacrificed an entire day of experiences with my children. And before I knew it, I was back at work on Monday, barely seeing them at all. So that's where the trade-off started to begin. And I do realize that's a reality. We have to clean our homes. We have to stay on top of things. And we're going to have to sacrifice that time with something else. Don't get me wrong. However, that was one of many. I felt guilty over not having decorated for a holiday. I felt guilty if I was late to events for my kids. There were times where I completely forgot about an event for the kids. And in the grand scheme of things, this is nothing for us to weigh our existence on. These little things do not define us as a whole. My children love the crap out of me, and they have through every forgotten spirit day attire or lack of an Easter wreath up on the door. They've always loved me. I know that. I know that inside. I know that deep down. But I did not love me. I did not define myself on those inner abilities anymore. The fact that my kids unconditionally loved me did not make it feel any better that I wasn't living up to my standard. And my standard was perfection. And perfection is not something that anybody should have as their end goal. So I had started to really reframe the priority. What was my priority? For me, always and forever, it's going to be my family. That's the priority. I am so 
over aware. Maybe I'm over aware of the fleeting moments of these two babies' childhood. I say babies, but my son's going to be 11 and my daughter is six. But they are forever my babies, right? They're always our babies. It's fleeting. It's almost like an existential crisis that I'm having of this time that I have on earth with my family is being a blip on the radar. And if I'm not going to enjoy every moment and make it look and feel how I design, how I want it, how the family wants it, of course, but I want it through how is best going to serve them, then what am I doing? And that was really the question. I I do, I still call it, it was my existential crisis. What am I doing if I'm not enjoying the life that I'm living? If I end every day crying, anxious, upset, depleted, why am I doing it? And I heard a lot throughout the time of the process when we finally had our plans in 2022, the whole process of a move is extensive. So through this multi-month process, I just kept hearing, you are so brave. I don't know how you're able to make this decision. I wish I had the nerve to do what you're doing. And I don't think many people realize this was a years long process. This took complete personal upheaval, a complete paradigm shift and philosophy change because I had to step away from my career in order to do this. So as I mentioned earlier, it's not realistic to think we just don't clean our house. It's also not realistic to think that to have the life that you want to live, you have to walk away from your career. But for me, for us, that was a huge part of the equation. I was a teacher for 12 years. And it was 12 of the most fulfilling years of my life. I will never, ever take anything away from my experience as a teacher. However, it completely dominated my life. And for good reason. And I am proud. I will happily sing that song until the day I die that I was a teacher that had that role dominate my life because my students didn't deserve any less than that. Unfortunately, I was not finding the balance between being that teacher and the mother that I needed to be. And I think that's really relevant in the field of education right now. If you're a teacher listening, you understand this. The demands in the classroom have far exceeded Anything that I ever remember getting from teachers when I was in school. Now, I had some fantastic teachers, so I'm not taking away from the relationships I made. But there were a lot fewer constraints in the 90s on teachers. So in order to be a teacher in the textbook manner of being acceptable by your peers, by your administration, and the people overseeing you is something completely different than being the teacher 
that you need to be for children in the classroom. Not just the educational setting, but culture. Our environment, the children's environment, is so different. There are so many dynamics that walk into a classroom every day that just were not present years ago. It's compounded. So 12 years later, two kids in who have their own needs. My children have very unique needs. They are bright, friendly, outgoing, enthusiastic learners, but I felt that they were not getting from me what they needed. And we were having our own issues in the home and I was seeing a deterioration in certain ways with both of my children and differently for both of them. And as soon as I realized I could not be there for them in the way that they deserved, I had to choose. And I'm pretty sure everybody listening, if you were tasked with choosing between your children in your home and your children in your classroom, if someone literally said to you, you no longer have a choice, choose these children or those children, you're choosing the children in your home. No one can fault us for that. And if you hear, do you hear the defensive tone? That's the years of people-pleasing. That's the years of the outward result speaking. I don't need to defend that choice. You don't need to defend the choices that define your happiness. But there I go doing it because it's ingrained. It is ingrained in me. I don't think I've ever been able to say no without following up with a dissertation of why and the emotional reasons and the logistical reasons of why it will be okay that I say no. The justifications. So please know, if you find yourself overwhelmed, mostly unhappy or unfulfilled, with a life that on paper Sounds like it should be completely fulfilling, wonderfully successful. Don't feel bad because the other layer of that was guilt. How dare I feel unfulfilled with all of the wonderful blessings that God has given me? I have a stable career. I have healthy children. I have a happy marriage. I have healthy parents. Yet I'm feeling unfulfilled. I'm feeling like something is out of balance and not right. So boom, add on another layer, the layer of guilt, the layer that none of us need with everything else that we juggle on a daily basis. Do we really have to impose guilt? So that was just another factor to the struggle. But most important, I think in every aspect of this entire process all of the tribulations that I've mentioned, the personal conflict, the conflict with my children or in my home in any way, with my career, it all came down to communication. And I'm a firm believer. Every single thing that we do, every relationship we have, every decision that we make, it should be defined by open communication, open and honest. Because once I started to communicate these needs and wants, once I opened up the dialogue 
for my family to discuss what they need and they want from me and for themselves was when we finally started to make progress in what our life would look like if we designed it. And once we did that, we were able to lay the framework for the steps to take to do that. How can I walk away from my career? Financially, what would that mean? What would it look like to be able to make up for that elsewhere? So the decision came with a lot of time and a lot of research, but that was the biggest ball that I ever dropped, was walking away from my career. So know that if you're struggling with something to say no to, to put aside, to walk away from, you can. You just have to give yourself permission. But know that you may need to go through quite a few steps to get to that point, starting with communicating with your people. Talk to your support system. Communicate your needs, your feelings, where you're at at the moment. And know that it's not going to be one smooth linear process because it certainly wasn't for us. So that being said, dropping the ball is still not a linear process. I did the biggest thing ever that I could to fulfill our goals as a family. Yet in the short amount of time that we have made this move, I'm finding that I have to drop the ball now. And the reason being is because these proverbial balls are ever changing. If you were to imagine, I keep referencing dropping the ball, and I think it's important that I define this a little bit more for you. These are what we juggle, right? That's what, especially being a mom, whether you're a working mom or a stay-at-home mom, this whole act is a juggling act. You are juggling all of these balls, except unlike a performer that might have three or four or five, maybe they're getting crazy and they got six or seven. We probably have about 62 at any given time in the air. And I'm not taking credit for this analogy. I heard this once years ago, years ago. Okay. So just keep in mind how long it's taken for me to actually put this into practice, but I would cling to this in my struggling times to remind myself and it's finally sticking the balls that we're juggling some of them are glass some of them are glass and if we let go of those what are they going to do when they hit the ground they're going to crash they're going to break and they're not going to be able to be put back together but there's maybe a fraction of glass balls amidst all of the others that are plastic. If you were to imagine dropping a wiffle ball onto the floor, that wiffle ball is just going to bounce around and roll down the hallway, perfectly intact, ready to be picked up and thrown and juggled once more. So what you need to do first and foremost is define them. This sounds hilarious, okay? I'm getting a chuckle in my head even thinking about what I'm going to say. And please laugh at me as I say it. Define your balls. (laughs) Define them. Which ones are your glass ones and which ones are your plastic ones? What are the areas in your life 
that you absolutely cannot drop your children's health. Your career might be a ball that you absolutely refuse to drop, and that's okay. Mine, I always thought was a glass ball. It changed. It became one of my plastic balls. Okay? Decorating the house might be a plastic ball. Oddly enough, I realize how insane I sound when I say it. That's become a glass ball for me. I will never forget the night in New York where I was on the couch with my husband after the kids were in bed and I mentioned Easter earlier because it stands out to me. I hadn't decorated for Easter. It was Friday night before Easter and there was not one Easter decoration out. And I'm sitting on the couch quietly crying to myself and my husband looked over and noticed. He was like, what is wrong? You know, when they get scared. Oh no, what did I do? What happened? The rest of the night's going to be ruined. Okay, here we go. So, of course, he asked, what's going on? Are you okay? What's wrong? And I started to laugh through the tears as I verbalized that I was crying because I had not gotten around to decorating the house for Easter. And I'm very grateful that he did not laugh at me, I should say, or with me. In response to that, he did comfort me. He tried to reassure me, but I had to really emphasize to him that this was not okay for me. As I mentioned about my existential crisis with our fleeting time on this planet and the fleeting moments of childhood, these are core memories that I'm trying to create and establish for my children who will be here longer than I will who will hopefully then pass down everything that I'm trying to impart on them to their families. So to not have decorations out for a holiday, one of the few holidays in the grand scheme of things that they will be home with me, it was heartbreaking. And that might be my cancer mentality speaking. But that emotional connection to a home and their holiday time, that was heartbreaking for me. And that's one of the reasons that I pointed out. I said, I know it sounds absolutely ridiculous. And you may agree with that. And that's totally okay. All of our balls are different. There you go. You can laugh at that one too. (laughs) But for me, it became a non-negotiable. I always had dreams of that. Remember I mentioned my pre-child home? My pre-child home was decorated for everything. From the roof to the foundation. And... With my son, in the first couple of years, I managed it still, no problem. Maybe lost out a little bit here or there, but whoa, my goodness, by the time my daughter came, and for any of you listening that know my daughter, she is such a spitfire, super sassy. Oh my gosh, the personality on her. She is so big, and I love all the space that she takes up, and I never want her to stop. But my goodness, parent of two game changer and the career and the financial responsibilities and the keeping up with the Joneses and the activities and the sports. It just wasn't happening. There was no time to hang every decoration and lay out every placemat. Unfortunately, it just wasn't happening. But that's something that 
means so much to me that I had to redefine the chaos. There's chaos in every corner of our lives. You are not going to avoid the chaos. And I'm learning that now. I'm a stay-at-home mom now. I do work from home. I do have a way to contribute financially because I feel that's something. That's one of my my must-dos. I feel that I need to contribute and I need to create because that's part of me. But I'm a stay-at-home mom. And I am just as chaotic as I ever was. But now I'm chaotic in the ways that I am choosing. And that's the key. That's the takeaway. I want to acknowledge that I am not here to tell you a way to unclutter your life, to remove the chaos. I am welcoming with open arms to this chaos of motherhood and loving every inch of these children and raising good humans and having a home that's bustling with excitement and happiness and real life, the arguments and everything. But the chaos is yours to define. The chaos is yours to define. So if you are going to walk away from this conversation today, understanding what dropping the ball really means, what it's done for me and our family, and what it can look like for you, I want you to understand that that's the first step to find your balls. Take out a notebook and make yourself two columns, glass and plastic. Where is holiday decorating? Where is mopping the floor on a daily basis? Where is the children's sports schedules? Your career? Your date nights with your significant other? Where is family vacations or outings? Where are you going to list quality time, movie nights, fires in the backyard? You need to get all of those things down. You have to see it on paper. Because once you take that step, you now are more equipped to be able to start the communication process. Start to bring in the people closest to you the people whom your decisions most directly affect. And then that's going to allow you to start having the conversations that will get everybody on the same page that there's going to be a shift and there will be a shift and they will feel it and they will see it and so will you. But when you can all communicate and remind yourselves of the end goal, of the design that you came up with together, it makes it more tolerable. The last couple of months we had in New York were crazy, and I had to keep reminding my family, do you remember what we want out of this? This is the process to get there. Also know, when you write that list, your glass and your plastic list, it might change. Six months from now, you may need to sit down and do that again, but that's okay. Our cars need oil changes every few months, right? So just think of it as maintenance, a way to keep the lines of communication open, a way to keep your mental health, your inner wants and needs at the forefront. Bring them outward. Don't just keep them inner. And that's what's going to give you that freedom and that permission to know that life is varied. Life is bustling with color. 
life is to be exciting, fulfilling, not without its trials, but even the trials should leave you with meaning and with fulfillment on the other end of them. And all of that communication and all of that defining is only going to make your unit stronger in the end to be able to get through all of those trials that come up. So I hope that I'm leaving you with a clear picture of who I am and what you're going to get from me. Emotion, chaos and all. What my goals are for you in realizing your vision, defining your chaos and giving yourself permission to define these balls and to drop them as you need. And I hope that you're excited to tune in again when I bring you interviews with phenomenal women who just in different ways have really demonstrated through their journeys that they've dropped the ball, pivoted, changed direction, redefined their lives in order to make the season work best for them. We're going to hear about health. We're going to hear about setting boundaries in the society. We're going to hear about entrepreneurship. We're going to hear about supporting women and the connections that we need to have to lift each other up. And I also want to hear from you. So as we wrap up, Please, my ask of you, besides your little bit of homework with defining your balls, that you cannot wait to get off this podcast and tell someone close to you that your job today is to define your balls. But I also want you to think about what you would ask me because I'd love to come back with little tidbits, okay? Bite-sized portions for you when we're not having a full interview. Q&A sessions to really make sure I can speak to you. Because again, all of our chaos is different. Our glass and our plastic is going to be different. And I wanna hear you. I wanna hear the different ways that we can discuss this process. So I thank you for listening to this first episode of Drop the Ball. And I ask you as you leave to take a deep breath, accept yourself where you're at in this moment, and give yourself permission to create the future that you desire. And give yourself permission to fulfill this season of your life. And that's a wrap on an episode of Drop the Ball. I'm so blessed to have shared this time with you today and I'm grateful that you tuned in to listen. I hope you're leaving today with something valuable to take with you and some action steps to put into place for your journey. Whether it's just me sharing my insight or we have someone bringing something into view, I ask that you please share this podcast so that others can be affected the way that you were today. And I'd love for you to subscribe to this podcast so that you can stay up to date with everything that Drop the Ball has to bring in the future. Don't forget to find me and follow me on social so that we can continue the conversation and I can bring more value to you in other ways. And it's a great platform for you to be able to get in touch with me and share your thoughts, your ideas, and your questions for future episodes. And give yourself permission to drop the ball so you can redesign your chaos and redefine your life. This has been Gina Kuhn with Drop the Ball.